0: Thanks for listening to The Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson.
1: Back to life, I love it. Back to life, man, it's Easter. It's Easter season, so that means it's resurrection season. Amen. How many of y'all need to come back to life? Come on, somebody. How many of y'all need something to come alive again? Something's been dead, but you got to bring that thing. How many of y'all need some resurrection power in your life? Make some noise. Come on. Back to life. I love it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you got your Bibles, I-, I want you to turn to Luke. Luke chapter 7 verses 11 through 17. Luke 7 verses 11 through 17. For the next few weeks we're going to be talking about resurrection power, but I wanted to start with this story because I believe it's a a beautiful story that talks about what happens when Jesus brings things back to life. So if you're online, once again, Luke 17. If you don't have your Bible, you can use the Cool Church app. But Luke 7, verses 11 through 17 read like this. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. Somebody say Nain. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother. She was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and said, And he said, Don't cry. Look at your neighbor, say, Don't cry. Look at your other neighbor, say, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the buyer. They were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. I had to say it like that because it's, exc- it's an exclamation point there. So I got to yell it. Get up. The young man sat up and began to talk. Huh. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praise God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. this news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countries. And the church said, Amen. amen. If you're taking notes today on this first message of Back to Life, I've entitled it, Don't Cry. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be gladdening. God, I thank you. For each and every person that is in this house today, God, before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that was going to be here, you knew who was going to watch online, God, as we, as we open up more space and services, God, I pray that you would fill it, but fill it with people that are hungry and searching for you. God, fill it with lost folks. God, we're not looking for other folks to come from other churches, God, we're looking for folks that don't know you at all to come into your house because they were invited by the people of this house and God when they're searching may they find something may they may their hearts minds and ears be open to receive a word that will always be about Jesus God this ain't about me it's all about you so let me lie down as you rise up God do what you want to do not my will let your will be done God I pray that in this season maybe dreams have died maybe goals have died maybe ambitions have died I pray you will bring some things back to life Lord we love you We thank you and we believe fully in your resurrection power in Jesus' name. And everybody set? Everybody set? Take about five seconds and give Jesus Christ a shout of praise. Come on. Oh, you can do better than that. Come on. I love it. Easter is on the horizon. After this Sunday, there's three Sundays and it's Easter. So we're four Sundays away from Easter. And over the next four weeks, because it is the Easter season, I'm gonna preach a bunch of messages about Jesus, even though every message I preach is about Jesus because he is the word. And he's in every line, every verse, every chapter, every every bit of this book is all about Jesus. And the church said, So over the next four weeks, I wanna talk about. What happens when Jesus brings things back to life? There's four specific times in the Gospels where Jesus resurrects the dead. And we're gonna learn about all four of them. But today, we wanted to start with the first one, and it is the story of the widow of Nain. The widow of Nain. And I want people to understand that in this season, especially as believers, resurrection power is not just reserved for Easter miracles resurrection power is still at work and alive within all of us oh that's a real good place to say amen bible listen bible the bible says the same power the same power that conquered the grave lives in who it lives in us lives in me It lives in you. Resurrection power was not just reserved for Jesus coming out of the tomb. When he resurrected, when he ascended back again to heaven, guess what? He sent the power of the Holy Spirit to fall on all of us, to empower us, and to remind us of what he said. So when you don't know what to say, you got the Holy Spirit. When you don't know what to do, you got the Holy Spirit. If you need to be the answer to a question, you got the Holy Spirit if there's some dead things in your life you can resurrect them with the power of the Holy Spirit I love this because Romans eight eleven, the New Living Translation I said the verse but I like the way this says it it says the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and just as God raise Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you life in your, in your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. I just want you to understand like the power on the inside of you. There's people walking around every day and they just feel powerless. You can't be a believer and feel powerless if the Holy Spirit is living in you. Some of us just haven't tapped into the potential of the Spirit living within us. We serve a God that allows, that allows part of his nature, his triune nature, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, he allows part of himself to flow through us freely. That is such a powerful thing. The Bible says in Corinthians that there's a deposit of his spirit placed on, on the inside of us, guaranteeing what is to come. We all have a piece of heaven on the inside of us, and it shouldn't just remind us of where we come from. It should empower us while we're down here until we get back to where we came from. The spirit of the living God is living on the inside of us and we serve a God that gives us resurrection power and we can exercise power over death every day in Jesus name. We just got to start declaring it just like we declared death over debt. I declare by the power of the Holy Spirit living in me that some dreams will start coming back to life in this room today. That some relationships will start coming back to life in Jesus name. That some ideas not good ideas some God ideas will come back to life in Jesus name I pray that somebody in this room will learn not to give up and their hope will come back to life in Jesus name it's never over if you believe in God because we got resurrection power flowing through our veins it's in us it's in you and we can do anything in the name of Jesus the very first time that Jesus exercises His power over death in Scripture is Luke chapter seven. It's it's interesting that Luke is the one that that writes this. Luke was not one of the original. Um, disciples, but he was a disciple of Paul, but Luke also would have been a doctor. He would have been a great writer. And Luke is writing his book, trying to give you some context, writing his book to the Gentiles, who are the Gentiles, the people that are not the Jews. He realized and understood that the grace gospel had to get out. And it was not just reserved for the Jewish people. God wanted everybody to get his word. Amen. So Luke is writing this to the most excellent Theophilus, probably a benefactor of his, maybe somebody that was paying for his writings and different things like that. But he was a Gentile man. He was an affluent Gentile man. And he's writing him because he wants to convince the Gentiles that Jesus is all God and all man. The theme of Luke is that Jesus is the divine human savior. You can't show divinity in a human if you don't show that power in a human. So the first thing that Luke shows us as it pertains to his divinity, he's like, man, let me just come out the gate letting you know that this is not just the ordinary man because he has power over death. Luke comes out the gate like that. And, and, And I love that because he's trying to convince the world that Jesus Christ is the divine human savior. And it's not long As before uh, Luke begins to write in his miracle tour of Jesus, that he points out Jesus's power over death. In Luke 7, 11 through 12, it says, soon after, Jesus went to a town called Nain and his his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. Um, It says, as he approached the town gate, the dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. Wow. A large crowd from that town was with her. Now, first of all, the place that we're talking about, the name of it is Nain. Nain has a meaning. Nain actually means beauty. Look at your neighbor and say beauty. Look at your other neighbor and say, you look beautiful. I pray if you're married, that was your husband or wife you were talking to. I'm just throwing that out there. If not, oh, we have cool counselors. Okay. Um, <laughs> Nain means beauty. And Nain was a village uh, in Galilee, which is where Jesus did a lot of his ministry. But it's interesting, before Jesus ever gets to the gates of Nain, because at that time in history, all cities had surrounding walls, why? Because they needed protection from people that would come in from the outside, that would try to invade, that would try to steal. So when we see this story taking place, where Jesus is walking in in the middle of a funeral procession, this funeral procession does not happen in the city. Dead bodies, because because culturally, dead bodies were not allowed to be kept in the city unless it was a dignitary or it was royalty all the dead were buried outside of the city. So this this young man who has passed away and now left his mother who had already lost her husband, he is being carried outside of the city of Nain, the beautiful city called Nain because that's where the dead are. The dead are buried outside the city. And it's funny, Jesus does not find himself within the gates of the beautiful city, he finds himself where the dead people are. I, I, I love this because we have a beautiful city, but beyond the walls of beauty is death. Beyond the walls of beauty is death, and this is this is the place and that's why I love Jesus. You, you like he always pops up in the place he ain't got no business being. Jesus should be in the beautiful. He's Jesus. He's royalty. It's exactly where he should be. No, let me go where the dead people are. That's the heart of Jesus. And I want you to hear. I wanted you to hear that name means beautiful. I wanted you to hear that the dead were outside because I want you to understand that this, what Jesus is showing us, is a picture of the church in 2023. Name is beautiful. You know what's beautiful? God's house. Beautiful in here, like like forget the aesthetics. I know we're in the school gym, but isn't it beautiful being around people that are positive? Isn't it beautiful being around people that love you? Isn't it beautiful being around people that care? Isn't it beautiful getting an encouraging word? Isn't isn't it beautiful to see smiles on people's faces? Like this is why I invite people to church because it's just beautiful in here, man. Like yes, y'all all are beautiful, but man, the energy that we carry as a family in this house because of love just makes it so beautiful. It's beautiful within these walls, but there's death right outside the door. There's, there's death right outside the door. And I know we're hearing a lot of revival talk these days. And I believe we're in the middle of a revi- a beautiful revival, but do not think that revival is us sitting within the walls of our beauty. Revival is not us sitting within these beautiful walls. Revival says we take the beauty to the dead places. Revival says we got to get uncomfortable in this. It is beautiful and we come here. We shall not forsake the gathering of the saints because Hebrews tells us there's encouragement. You should feel good when you come here. You should feel like your best self when you come here. But God is only charging you up to send you out. So revival is not us here uh, uh, weeping and tearing in, in, in the presence for 92 days. No, it's taking the energy that God gives us here to the dead places outside the door. You rarely find Jesus in the temple. You always find him where the dead people are. This is the message and the picture that Jesus is trying to show us. It's beautiful in here. Because we're surrounded by family. Man, we gotta start having a heart for the dead people outside. It's literally like the walking dead when we leave these. Things. Some of you know because as soon as you leave here, you're gonna get attacked, it happens every Sunday. It's like, man, it felt so good being there. As soon as I walk outside, somebody tripping. Why, wow, It's dead people out there. We, have, we, 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 we are called to have enough compassion to have the heart of Jesus to find ourselves where the dead are, outside the walls of the church. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit resurrection power in us. We don't have to be scared when we walk into dead places because we have the power to bring things back to life. (laughs) Resurrection can't take place in this world if we stay inside these walls. Like some of us want the world to get better, but won't take what we have here out there that's what I love, man. Congratulations and thank you. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Mitzi, stand up right now. Thank you. That is our Cool Cares coordinator. <laughs> Yesterday, eight, how many different projects did we have? We had six different projects go out. How many people went out? She's like, a lot. We sent a lot of people out in the city. Why? Because that's where the hurting is. And Mitzi led that team. And there were leaders all over the city doing a bunch of different service projects on Serve Day. We don't do these things to just try to look good as a church. We're doing it to take the beauty in here outside the walls. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all those that served. Maybe you're at home today. You're like, man, I'm tired from serving, so I stayed at home today. Listen, thank you. Because you're following the mandate of Jesus to take the beauty where the dead things are. So how can a church in 2023 bring resurrection power to others? This will be very quick. The first one, the first thing we got to do in 2023 to bring our resurrection power to the dead is you got to know resurrection requires compassion. Resurrection requires compassion. Luke chapter 7 verse 13 says, when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. Don't cry. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Like, I wish this was like more complicated and more like theologically like tough to chew on, but it's not. You have to care. Like, you can't do anything for somebody if you don't care. Like, first, bottom of the barrel, y'all, we have to care. Like, we, we live in a world of, I don't care, I do what I want. No, 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 that's not us. We have to care. We got to treat everybody like family. One of our models here is service. And what, what do we say with service? We are brothers and sisters. Oh, man, I love the saints in this house. That means we care. That means that your problem becomes my problem. We're going to figure it out together. You ain't got to figure it out by yourself. We're going to figure it out together. You have to care. Why did Jesus care so much about this woman? She was a widow she was a widow and listen not only did she lose her husband that's bad enough he was the provider he was the protector he set legacy and passed down blessing to his family they clearly had a son who he passed all his blessing to but when that man died it became that young man's responsibility to take care of his mother that's how that culture worked the young man the son was the insurance policy for the mother so even if she was a widow she was okay because she had a son a son that could work a son that could provide a son that could protect but then she loses her son if the son was supposed to take care of her if the son was the insurance policy this woman was truly alone in every sense of the word i mean she really had no there was no other son there was no daughter there was nobody she was all by herself, and we we believe in families so much because I, I want somebody to hear this today. We don't want anybody to be lonely because all loneliness does is lead to sorrow. Sorrow leads to despair. Despair leads to depression. Man, we got people that are stuck in bad places because they're just lonely. We got to fight loneliness as as, as family. It's what God. God cares so much about widows and orphans specifically. Why? Because they're people that have lost everyone. Widows, and or- G- this is how deep Jesus is. Jesus understood his job as a son so much. When he stretched out on the cross, he looks at his mother and he says, woman, this is your son. And he looks at John and says, that is your mother. He was like, hey, I know I'm her son. I know I provide and protect for her because Joseph was already dead and gone. He says, hey, I'm gonna make sure my mom gets left with somebody to take care of her. This is the heart of Jesus and the heart of God that loves the widow and the orphan. And that's why James 1 says religion that God, our father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now, when you read this story, you hear about this great procession of people that are there for this funeral. And... Based upon what we read, this was a large gathering of people and many people were mourning and historians will tell you when Jewish people mourned over a body, there was wailing. It was so loud, it could be heard everywhere throughout the city, even when they went beyond the walls because of the wailing, because of the crying out, you could hear the the wailing within the walls. It It was an event, it was really almost like a spectacle. It was something to behold because you just see this giant outpouring of sorrow from people. So you, you see this woman who is in the middle of this whole thing and it seems as if she had a lot of support and it seems as if she would be taken care of with all of those people surrounding her, but Jesus knew better. Jesus knew something that everybody else didn't knew. That woman had all kinds of mourners around her, why? Because it was culture it wasn't compassion listen to me there was there, that even in that time there were professional mourners I'm, I'm not even making it like there were people that come they would come they would play the tambourine they would do they, they were paid to be a part of the procession there were even people that were, were paid to carry the casket and then, based upon who you were, more people would come out, but some people would just more with you. They didn't even have to know who you were, they just did it because they were in the habit of doing it. It was just a thing to do. So you could still be in a big crowd of people and be all alone. Just because there was a lot of people there doesn't mean that that woman wasn't alone. And I want somebody to hear me out, out there today Jesus is the one that can spot lonely in the crowd because He has compassion for you. You might be in this crowd of people, today and you feel good because you're hearing the message, you like the music, and it's like, man, it's just positive in this room. And, and, and I feel, and I feel better, and you like kind of putting a smile on your face. I want you to understand: if I don't see it, if nobody in this room sees it. Jesus sees exactly how lonely you are, and I have a word of encouragement for you. You are not alone. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Just cause it's a lot of people around don't mean that you feel good just cause people here. Jesus, his sniper focused on you and can spot your loneliness in the crowd. If everybody misses it, Jesus will still see it. You can't hide from jesus I, I, I love this because the word says his heart went out to her his heart went out to her other translations say he had compassion on her i'm going to say a word it's going to sound funny but it means a lot that word compassion is translated or his heart went out to her is translated for, from a word that sounds like this Splachnid zomi. Oh, I practice that a lot. Splach. You got to get that first part right. It's actually splach zomi. Splachnid zomi. What does that mean? It sounds like he just cussed me out in another language. It means to be moved as to one's. Get this. When I read this, it, it tripped me up. To be moved as to one's bowels to be moved as to one's bowels, hence to be moved with compassion, have compassion. For in that culture, they believed the bowels were thought to be the seat of love and pity. You gotta be moved at your bowels. So here's a better way to say this. When Jesus says his heart went out to her, something on the inside of Jesus didn't sit well about this woman's situation. You know when we say I got a gut feeling about something that that's that that's that needs on my that's what that I guess it's in my it's in my gut like I feel this in my core. I don't just see this situation I feel this situation to the innermost parts of my being I love it, it says it says bowels because you you know that's just the, the, the lowest part of your insides. The bowels is where he felt it. Something didn't sit right with Jesus, and, and, and I'm, he felt it in his gut. And as believers, this is the heart of God that we must have. We gotta get to a place in our faith where we feel people's pain. It doesn't sit right with us. It's something down in our gut, down in our soul that we can't ignore. So many people are ignored because you see something that says it's like, oh, that's sad, but you don't feel any of your gut. Jesus feels this in his gut. I want you to understand that this is not just a miracle of power, this is a miracle of pity. A miracle of pity. He looked upon her with pity. His eyes affected his heart. Do your eyes affect your soul? God. And I know, I, I, I listen, it's, it wasn't just like I see that and I feel sorry. This is the characteristic of God that Jesus is displaying because God does not just see pain, he feels it. I think some of y'all think God's just sitting up in heaven like, oh, look at my kids making a mess of themselves. Huh? They'll figure it out. No, when we acting crazy, He feels that. He feels every piece of it. Look at what the prophet Isaiah says about God. He says in Isaiah sixty-three nine, it says, "In all their distress, He too was distressed." all the pain of the Israelites all the stuff that they, captivity non-captivity all, all this crazy stuff uh, slavery sorrow all that when Isaiah is talking about the Hebrew people he says in all their distress he too was distressed and an angel of his presence saved them. in his love and mercy he redeemed them he lifted them up and carried them all the days of oh God feels our pain that's why the Bible says things like God is close to the brokenhearted. I need somebody to hear that today because you think that God is ignoring your pain. You think that God doesn't know your pain. No, 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 no. God feels your pain. Yeah, yeah, really. He feels the pain to his core. Ask yourself, what have you seen and how has it affected you? Does it move you to your core? Because believers can never just turn the blind eye to hurting people. Ask yourself, do you care about bringing people back to life? because resurrection requires compassion. And finally, as the band comes back up, resurrection requires action. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta see it, you gotta feel it, but you gotta do something about it. Like fi- feeling it is not enough if it doesn't move you to do something. I love Luke 7, 15, uh, 14 to 15, it says, then he went up and touched the buyer they were carrying him on and the bear stood still he said young man I said to you get up so let me just explain something real quick I want I want to I want I want you to visualize this um, Hebrew people had different ways of carrying out the dead from their city if the child was under a month old he was just carried um, in the bosom of one person right what I'm trying to let you kind of see is that the funeral procession gets larger based upon the age right and there's different ways that they carry it out so if it was just a child like under a month old they carried the child on their their bosom it was like a it was like a road of sorrow and solace and that person would put that child in the ground um if if the child was over a month old they would have a, a little coffin that they would cradle in their arms if the child was um if the child was 12 months old, like not over one, he was also carrying a little coffin, but it would be on the shoulder and there would be a few more people at the procession. But in this young man's case, we call him a young man because we actually don't know how old he was, but we know based upon what they carried him in that he had to be older than three. Okay, because uh, once, once, once they get to that age and up, they, they, they carry them out on a buyer or a, or a bed right? So that kind of gives us a hint to how old he could have been, but I mean, he could have been a teenager. We don't fully know how old that young man was. And a buyer is like a, it's like a bed or, or it's, a, it's like a bed that you can even put a coffin on. It's like a, it's like a stand that you can either put a coffin on or you can literally just rest the body on. So it's like a bed, right? Jesus he comes into this situation outside the city where the dead people are, sees this funeral procession, sees the show. You know, people cutting a lot Oh, my baby. You know, they don't even know the person. He sees all that. He walks up on this funeral procession, and as he's about to pass by the young man, he touches the bed he's on. He touches the bed. I I love this because Jesus, and we've been talking about this at UBC, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, right? So he's not breaking the law. He's not coming to abolish the law. You notice that Jesus, it doesn't say that Jesus touched the boy. Many times when Jesus heals somebody, he touched them. He did not touch the boy. He touched the buyer. Why? Because he can't break the law. He can only fulfill the law. Amen. So he touches the buyer. He's very careful about what he does. And when, 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 when he does this, everybody stops. It says the bear stop, everybody stops. I, I could imagine Jesus coming up, touching this thing stops and all the wailing, all the tambourine, all the more. I could imagine it all stops. I, I want you to see that picture in your head because I want you to understand when people are going through something, one touch could be the catalyst to change their whole process of mourning some people want to go in with somebody's morning and you want to say every scripture you know shut up stop doing that stop they don't need to hear they know they were sitting next to you in church they know sometimes just a touch they just need to know somebody's there they just need to know that somebody cares Jesus touches the buyer he stops the entire thing like what 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 if I wish people would understand the power of God in them. Like, what if you knew that a touch could stop death in his tracks? One touch, everything stopped. A touch could stop death in his tracks. Not only do we need to go outside the walls of the church, we need to get close enough to death to be able to touch it. We gotta get close enough if we wanna see resurrection. You can't stop death if you're not near death. You gotta start getting around it, right? I love this. Jesus is so moved by the pain that sin causes. This young man did not die just for random reasons. We all will die one day. And you know what the cause of all of our death will be? Sin, for the wages of sin is death. Well, the cause of your death is not cancer. The cause of your death is not you got hit by a car. The cause of your death is sin. Not even your sin, just humanity's sin. Jesus is overwhelmed by the pain that sin causes and he touches the the buyer. And I love this because when he touches it, he doesn't even like look at the mom and ask her, how do you want me to help? you?" You know how Jesus is like notorious for that? It's like a blind person. Hey, what you want me to do? like a crippled person. What do you want me to do? You ever notice Jesus does that? It's like, duh, I want to see. Like duh, I want to walk. You notice Jesus doesn't do that in this case. He stops the death in his tracks. He, d- he does not even ask the mom, mom, how can I help you? No, he doesn't do that. You know what he does? He just acts. He says, get up. He ain't asked that woman what she wanted. He ain't asked that woman what she needed. He saw something, it moved him, he just did something about it. What do I want to say? Somebody needs to hear this today, because like I feel like there's so many opportunities that we miss to do good things because we second guessing ourselves. Stop waiting for permission to do the right thing. He ain't asked her for permission. You want me to heal your son? Of course she did. Stop asking for permission to do the right thing. Like for the next few weeks, here's something that I think our house should just do. When you walk out, you're going to get invite cards. You should grab a car. And you know what you should do? You should walk into somebody's life that you see look like they got something going on. And you should not even ask them if they need help. You should just give it to them. You could be standing in the grocery store. Somebody behind you. You see their groceries and you say, you know what? You look at the cashier and say, hey. Make sure mine and their groceries are covered. That's all you gotta do. Like, I can't, listen. And stop thinking it's always, it's not always a money thing. I'm just saying, like, don't ask for permission. Let me tell you something. I've, I've done things like that before. Let me tell you, it's the easiest way to invite somebody to church. Easiest way. Yo, I can't believe another human would do that. Hey, it's all good, man. It's what Jesus called me to do. What you, be, I, I believe in Jesus. Hey, just come on Sunday, check this out. Nobody's going to turn you down if you don't pay for their groceries. <laughs> I'm walking in the gas station. Car, my car's already filled up. I'm going in there to get some gum. Person behind me, I know they about to get some gas. I'm like, hey, give me this gum and fill up their tank. I ain't asked them for permission, but who's going to be mad at you for filling up their tank in 2023? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> and when that happens, yeah, for, for, hey, man, God loves you. Hey. Come check out the family. It's like some of y'all, some of y'all just waiting for permission. Like you don't need permission to do a good thing. Just do it because it's the right thing to do. Like I I, and here's the thing, like I don't even care if it's, it's not supposed to be publicized. I'm only telling you what I've done just to give you examples, but I go around doing that stuff all the time and I don't tell nobody. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. If I got it, and I see somebody else that needs it, hey man, here you go, God bless you. I hope this makes your day better. It ain't ain't gotta be money, like, don't wait. Call and check up on somebody when God puts it in your spirit. Man, I've been thinking about this person for so long. Call them. If God put it on your heart, call them. They might have been waiting for somebody. They might have been right on the edge of tipping over, but your phone call saved their life. Your phone call brought them back to life. Yeah, yeah. Don't just leave here today, you're gonna go in the choir, it might be somebody that can to church for the first time, and they just kinda sitting there by themselves. I've seen that before. Go talk to them. Yeah. Hear their story. You never know what, what they'll tell you. Just have, a, just have a conversation with somebody that might be lonely, man. Yeah. Like that doesn't cost you anything cost you nothing, but it gives you an opportunity to point back to God every time. The greatest invitation you can any, ever give anybody to Jesus is to be helpful. Just help somebody, help some. Me and my wife was in uh, uh, the airport in Nashville the other day and this, this elderly couple was in front of me and they had like a cart and they had like 10 suitcases on it. They pushed it, hit a bump, all the suitcases fell over. I'm walking, I'm watching people walk past. I'm like, we can't be serious. And my wife saw, I ran, I picked up every suitcase they had. I said, can I, can I take this for, is there anything I could do? For, why, I'm not trying to, to like tout that. I'm a, I, 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 listen, I don't need y'all approval. All I care about is what God thinks about me. I didn't, I didn't have to ask permission to be helpful. People are just looking for people to be helpful. Do the right, th- Dr. Martin Luther King said, the time is always right to do what is right. It's always right to do what is right, and it's the easiest way to invite somebody to Jesus. But then I love Luke seven fourteen. We're almost there. He said to the young man, "Get up, get up." This was not a calm like, "Wake up, Billy." It was an authoritative, "Get up, get up." I love this because. There is power in this miracle that is backed up by God's word look at look at John 5 25 it says very truly I tell you this is Jesus talking he said a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live Christ stopped death immediately with his word I want somebody to learn to speak life over your situations. dead things only stay dead because we keep on speaking death but you have The authority to speak life speak life to death in Jesus name no more dead relationships in Jesus name no more dead time life is too short in Jesus name no more dead or wasted opportunities in Jesus name believers need to start looking at dead things in the in the face with authority and say no get up in the name of Jesus there's resurrection power at work yeah. and we have the authority to tell the dead thing to say get up but though this is a miracle of power it's not just a miracle of power it's a miracle of mercy for Luke seven fifteen he said the dead man sat up and began to talk I wonder what he said Jesus you got a sandwich nah he didn't say that I don't even want to focus on that because when I get to heaven, that's going to be one of the things I ask God. I always read my Bible and put a little question. So I'm like, hey, Jesus, what did, what did the dead boy say to you when he got up? I'm going to ask that one day. I want to focus on what it says after that. And then Jesus gave him back to his mother. It's not just a miracle of power. This is a miracle of mercy. Because I bet you that every time she looked that little boy in the eye after that day, she saw a miracle of mercy that was heaven sent and she knew that Jesus wasn't just doing a miracle she knew that Jesus did that miracle because he loved her so much he didn't want her to suffer one more loss he didn't want her to be alone this boy's life was God's way of saying I'm going to take care of you I'm going to comfort you I'm going to give you back your son because I know it's his job to take care of you and I don't want you to feel one more bit of loss and pain in your life That little boy was a miracle of mercy. That little boy was the comfort of God, which is why Jesus could say things like, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It was a miracle of mercy. And I want somebody in this room to hear me today. There's somebody out there sitting in sorrow. And I want to tell you, your miracle of mercy is on the way. Your miracle of mercy is on the way. I believe God is gonna show you something in this season to remind you he hasn't forgotten about you. God's about to show you mercy in your marriage. God's about to show you mercy with your kids. God's about to show you mercy with your health. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care how long you've had the illness. God's going to do something in your health just to remind you. He has not forgotten about you. God's going to show you mercy in your finances. And I'm coming back to it. Some debts are getting canceled. Some relief is on the way. God showed mercy to me and my finances. Why don't you think he could show mercy to you? and your finances. You see when you have been a miracle of mercy for so many for so long, the miracle of mercy comes back full circle to you. Some of y'all have been the crutch in your family. Some of you have been the rock in your family. And you say, when is it going to be my time? When am I going to get my miracle? Do not get weary in doing good. In due season you will reap a harvest if you don't give up and your miracle of mercy is on the way if you believe it. Say amen. God sees you and your miracle of mercy is on the way. Why? Because he wants you to testify. A great old preacher said this. He had to perform a a funeral of old season saint, a general in the faith. And he said, Man, I'm gonna scour the Bible till I find the greatest funeral sermon that Jesus ever preached. He said, He looked and he looked to no avail. He said, I can't find a funeral sermon for Jesus because every funeral that Jesus ever went to turned from a funeral into a celebration because he brought things back to life. I don't know who needs to hear it, but God wants to bring an end to dead things. He wants to bring things back to life life. And I'm telling you, you ain't got to cry. You ain't got to shed a tear because whenever Jesus shows up, resurrection power is in the room and the things you think you lost when you thought it was all over. Jesus says, get up because he's going to bring some things back to life if you believe it. Say amen. The Bible says in Luke 16, 17, they were filled with awe and they praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us. They said, God has come to help his people. And the news about Jesus spread through Judea and the surrounding countries. Don't cry, don't shed one more tear because we serve the God with resurrection power that has come to help his people. When he comes, celebrate his coming. When he comes, testify about his coming. Don't hold it on the inside because there's people they'll have another lifeline. They'll get another little bit of hope when they hear what God has done for you. I don't know about you, but at one point in my life, I was dead. I was that little boy, and I'm telling you, the holy God of all heaven and all of earth, he came up to me. He Stop my situation dead in his tracks and when I should have been dead, when I should have been lost, when I should have been gone. He says, get up, little boy from Carroll City. I got work for you to do. I need you to testify about my goodness. I need you to testify about my grace. I need you to testify about my power. I need you to testify that I am the one true God that brings dead things. Back to life if you believe it. Say amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, God, I hear you. I hear you, Pastor. But if I could be honest, I know it's beautiful on the inside here, but if I could be real honest, I feel like I'm one of the dead people outside. I need you to bring me back to life today. Listen. What resurrection shows us is that you're never too far gone. Even if you think you're dead, our God laughs in the face of death because he's an expert at bringing dead things back to life. Maybe you say, I've been far. I haven't been serving like I need to. I haven't been committing like I need to. I don't feel the spirit on the inside of me. If I could be honest with you, Pastor, I feel dead, but I know, I know and I believe that Jesus Christ can bring me back to life. Listen, for the person that's far, don't cry. Don't shed a tear. For Jesus came to wipe every tear away. He cares about you. He loves you. You don't have to stay in the rut you're in. All you got to do is trust him and receive the life that he wants to give you. So if you're in this room or you're online right now, don't worry about what somebody else is doing. They can't take your place of of judgment in heaven. You got to get judged on your own. But the only way that Jesus, God is going to be able to look at you and say, well done, my good and faithful servant, is if you say yes to him. So if you want to say yes to Jesus... If you you bold enough to be like I was and say, man, I was dead but Jesus brought me back to life. If you don't want to walk with death's shadow reigning over you anymore, if you want to walk with resurrection power, if you want Jesus to bring you back to life, you got to accept him. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand if you believe that. One, two, three. Come on, hold it up. You want Jesus. Come on. I see you. 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 If your hand's up, stand up. It's already other people standing. Come on. Do the hard part. If your hand's up, stand up. And if you put your hand up and you stood up, come down to this altar. I want to pray with you. Come on. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Come back to life. Come back From to life. God. Come back to life. Come back to life. Come on. I'm gonna see a vision I'm a
0: victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the
1: battle belongs to you. Come from death to life, come on. I'm gonna see everybody standing. God's proud of all of y'all but if you're still out there and you say everybody's standing if you're still out there you say ah I'm scared man like people gonna see me that's the whole point you don't have to stay dead you can be alive again in Jesus name I want everybody look at your neighbor right now say hey if you're scared I'll go with you if they say yeah just grab my hand and walk them down just make I just want to make sure who I'm praying for I just want to make sure just want to make sure still see some people coming praise God come on yeah see come on beautiful beautiful it's never too late never too late everybody reach your hands towards them if you're online reach your hands towards them or maybe you made that decision if you're making that decision raise your hands in the air we're going from depth to life why you, why I gotta raise my hands surrender surrender your life to God the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart then you're saved. So I want everybody to confess with me. Say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I've sinned. I've I'm sinned. not proud of it, proud but, of it. I it. but I admit today, it. Today, today, I lay my sin down. My take, sin it, it, take it, I pray. It I, don't it I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven, reach to, heaven, to, heaven to, receive to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. Of my I, ask sin. I, ask I ask you would accept, you accept me and to your wonderful, family. Your wonderful today, family. Today, I give, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 All of y'all down here, I'm so proud of each and every one of you. See that sign? It says, welcome to the family. Here's what we about to do. We about to celebrate. Same way they celebrated when that little boy, dead boy got up, we going to celebrate because God brought you back to life. Amen. I can't open up the ceiling and show you, but there's a party in heaven. I can help you hear what it sounds like. Family, y'all want to help me? I need y'all to make the loudest noise you can in my, when, I, when I count to three. Y'all going to go right out there, right out to the quad. Nobody's going to take you away to a weird place. They got a gift. Don't throw it. They got a gift that they're going to give you, a Bible, a WWJD bracelet, and a letter from me and Pastor Joe, but you'll get it when you go outside. Family, you can find them right in the quad, okay? All right? So on the count of three, get ready. One, two, three. Let them know. Y'all go that way. Let them know God loves them. Let them know they're blessed. Let them know. Let them know. Come on. Let them know they're victorious. Let them know. On
0: Come on. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.